going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 14, if you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles there or on your phones. Not only have we now claimed a Super Bowl championship, but now a Little League World Series championship. How cool is that, huh? We are starting a brand new sermon series today, as you can see, called Grow Up. And what we mean by that is, as a body of believers, we are growing up into the head who is Jesus Christ. And so over the next five weeks, we're going to be talking about different parts of what it means to be in the body of Christ, what it means to be a member of this local congregation, what we expect of you as members of the body, what God's Word says about being a member of the body of Christ. And we begin this morning looking at that very subject, the body of Christ, from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 14 through the end of the chapter. Now, when we talk about membership, it means something different to everyone. Because some of you have been members of this particular body longer than I've been alive. So a lot of the things that we're going to be talking about today are just going to be reminders of what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. Then there's a segment of the population who is contemplating joining this church. And so I hope over the next five weeks you will see what Scripture clearly says about what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. And then there's a group of people in this room who are very confused when we in the church use the term membership. And here's why you're confused. It's because oftentimes when we talk about membership, what we're thinking of is like being part of a country club or an alumni association or some civic group where you pay your dues and then you get benefits as a result. But that's not how the Bible describes membership. That's not what we believe about membership here. Those of you that give financially to our church, you don't necessarily or even by accident get certain perks that others in the body don't get because they give their money, okay? And I love this quote that David Schrock says to describe kind of the misinformation that is out there about membership. He says, if you pay your dues, membership entitles you to get something. And because of these various commercial memberships, we're conditioned to misunderstand membership in the church. We may even oppose it because we conceive of it in terms of economic status or social privilege. But such an aversion to membership overlays a worldly view onto a biblical idea. In fact, what we're going to find today in our passage is that Paul uses the term member or part... 11 times in this one passage alone. So we find that being a member in God's church carries with it great responsibility, and it is in fact biblical. So if you would, go ahead. We're going to begin in verse 14. This is what Paul says to us. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose, if all were a single member, where would the body be? 
As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. So here's what Paul is teaching this morning as he writes this letter to the church at Corinth. Four ideas that I want you to take with you today. Number one is that there are many parts to the body. Paul is using a body illustration to help us understand the church at large. And we know that anatomy and biology have taught us that the human body is a system. Which means that when one part of the body is not going well, or when one part of the body is sick, or not doing what it's supposed to do, it affects the entire body. One part of the body just can't decide to go off and do its own thing without it affecting the rest of the body. One part of the body cannot go off and just stop functioning without it affecting the entire body. The arms, the legs, the eyelids, the hair, even the nasty toenails have a function in the human body. They have a role. And Paul is saying, so it is with the body of Christ. When white blood cells overproduce, it means you have leukemia and it affects the rest of your body. There is a specific number of white blood cells and red blood cells needed for the body to function at a high level. And when that gets out of whack, you get very, very sick. So it is in the body of Christ. Everyone has been uniquely designed with certain gifts. Let's just take one particular gift that often gets highlighted in the church. That is the gift of teaching. And sometimes we look at this gift and we say, oh, the teachers in the church, they are the most important gift in the entire body because they are handling the word of God. Yes, they're very important. But nowhere in the Bible does it teach that somehow those with the gift of teaching should ever be elevated above other gifts. You see, the reality is teachers like myself and many of you who teach small groups, we are so focused on knowledge and study and presentation that if we're not careful, we as teachers can forget the needs of those in our body. So we need other gifts to come alongside of us to help us, like the gift of mercy and the gift of service and the gift of hospitality and the gift of encouragement to make sure that everyone that is within our flock is taken care of and provided for. We don't need 500 teachers in the room. We need everybody using the specific gift that God has given them in order to make the church function at a high capacity. 
Everyone has been given a gift if you are in Christ this morning. I would venture to guess that there's a segment of people in the room today who do not know what gift they have. They do not know how to serve in the body because they don't know what gift they have. The next two Sundays, today at 11 o'clock, Andrew Crosby, who was up here during the welcome time, he's our missions minister, he's going to be teaching a class in a room right behind me, 164, and he's going to be talking about what it means to serve at First Baptist New Orleans, why we serve, and how you can serve in this local body. And then next Sunday, Christy Gibson, our education minister, is going to be teaching a class all about spiritual gifts, where you can actually take an assessment if you are not sure in what way God has gifted you, and you can learn what your gift is so that then you can then go and plug in to the body of Christ. We are comprised of many, many parts. And we will only function as a church at a high capacity if we're utilizing the gifts that God has clearly given us. So number one, we're made up of many, many parts. You are different than me. The gifts that God has given you are different than the gifts that he has given me. But we all come together as one in the body of Christ. So not only are we made up of many parts, we are arranged in that way. Paul tells us here that God has chosen and arranged each individual in the body to have a specific gift. This should take the pressure off of us. It's not up to us to decide what gift we have. God already knows in what ways you are supposed to be used in this body. You don't have to be jealous if you don't get the gift that you wanted because it's not the gift God designed for you to have. You don't have to be upset if there was a certain gift that you really wish that you have, but God has not given it to you. That's okay. God has arranged it and chosen you with a specific set of giftedness to be used in this body. It's not up to us. God takes our personalities and he takes our experiences and our DNA and he wires us to be used in a certain way for the glory of his church and for the glory of of his kingdom. We have all been arranged in that way. If we try to go against the arrangement that God has designed for us, then we're not going to be a healthy church. If we're all striving to have these gifts that God clearly has told us, you are not supposed to have this gift, then that means you're not using the gift that God has designed you to have. And we're going to be a weaker church as a result of that. We need you going full steam ahead with the gift that God has given you, not the gift that you wish you had. We will serve and we will be most effective in the kingdom of God if we are being obedient to the gifts that God has given us. Paul says, if we were all legs, then we cease to be a body. If we're all ears or all eyes, then we are not being the body that God has arranged for us to have. We will malfunction if we use gifts that we're not supposed to be using. Earlier this week, Ashley took her car to the shop, which immediately makes me angry because I hate vehicles and I hate spending thousands of dollars on vehicles. 
Not only do I have to spend thousands of dollars to purchase one, but then you have to spend thousands of dollars to fix it. So it really irritates me, as you can see. And I knew that something bad was going to happen because we had to take it to the shop, but I was just crossing my fingers that it was going to be something easy. There was a leak happening underneath the car, and I was just hoping it was an easy fix. And of course, it never is. And so Ashley had to get new struts on the front end of her car. 1200 bucks later, it's fixed. It's doing exactly what it's supposed to do. But here's the reality. The car was malfunctioning as a result of not having struts that were really doing what it was supposed to do. The mechanics said that they were practically non-existent, and as a result, they were leaking fluid. Now, the struts are not something on a vehicle that you really notice, that you ever see, that are glamorous, but yet they are key to the suspension of a vehicle, or so I've learned. Every part of a car is designed to keep that car functioning at a very high level. And it may not have the glamour of the engine or the shininess of the tires, but a car with ineffective struts is an ineffective vehicle. The body of Christ with ineffective giftedness or people acting in a way that is not within their giftedness is an ineffective church. It is a church that is going to malfunction. So what we have to do as a body of Christ is make a decision and be comfortable with the gifts that God has given us individually. Whether we wanted it to be our gift or not, if you will be obedient to the gift that God has given you, the church will function at a very, very high level. So not only are we comprised of many parts, not only have we been arranged in this way by God, but we are also one body. You see, even though we're comprised of many, many, many parts, Paul makes it clear, you are one body. What that means is we cannot have hundreds of little churches. Your small group is not a church. The group that you serve with through Care Effect is not the church. The social group that you run with in this church is not the church. The body of Christ at large is the church. And we are made up of one body. And what that means is we all have to be careful, especially those of us in leadership, that we don't prioritize certain people who have certain giftedness. We don't pay attention to those that have strong opinions or strong voices or excellent leadership skills more than those who are not gifted in that way. The person who faithfully takes out the trash on Sunday is just as important in the body of Christ as the one who stands up on stage and delivers the message. We are one in the body of Christ. Every single person is valued and deserves to be heard and should be cared for. It's real tempting, especially for those of us in leadership, to want to drift towards those who were really strong in leadership and have really strong opinions and voices. But the reality is every single one of you in Christ matters to God and therefore matters to his church. No matter how great your gift is, no matter if it's a gift that no one ever sees from on stage or in front of people, God has uniquely gifted all of us 
to serve his church in a way that brings glory to him. In fact, Paul tells us it's the weaker parts of the body that are actually indispensable. Every single part of the body matters in the body of Christ. From the smallest child to the oldest senior adult, everyone has a role and a function and is important in the body of Christ. So we are one body. And then we stand united as one body. The devil's number one tactic within the walls of this church is to divide us over trivial things. Temperature in the worship center. Worship style. Style of the preacher. Who the next pastor is going to be in the church. All of these are tactics that the devil is using to try to divide us as a congregation. And it's up to us to make a stand and say, we will not be divided. We will serve Jesus Christ because ultimately it's not Taylor's church, it's not Rick's church, it's not the HVAC unit's church, it is the church of Jesus Christ. He is the head. And we are growing up into Him. So we stand united. We stand on the truth of what Paul tells us in this passage, that the church of Jesus Christ is strongest when those within the local congregation stand united. Are we always going to get our way? No. Are we always going to get our preferences? No. But Jesus Christ is the head of the church, and because of that, he will lead us in the direction that he knows is best. In the church at Corinth, Paul was dealing with division. And in fact, chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians talks about some of the division that was happening within that church. And so Paul wants to make the church at Corinth, as he wants to make us very aware this morning, that unity trumps almost everything else in the body. We must stand united in the gospel of Jesus Christ in order for us as a church to move forward, reaching this community and reaching the world. You know, I often think about the parts of the human body that oftentimes we don't think serve a purpose. Let's take the appendix. Now, some of you in this room have had your appendix taken out. But did you know that the appendix actually serves a function in the body? It stores good bacteria. And even though you can live without the appendix, there are side effects if it's taken out. Let's take the gallbladder, another part of the intestinal system that you don't have to have in order to survive. But when you eat fatty and greasy and high fiber foods, which we tend to do here in New Orleans, if you don't have a gallbladder, there is nowhere for that bile to be stored. And so the liver releases that bile directly into the small intestine and then you digest it in a way that is not always comfortable. Now, I'm not a GI doctor, but I did WebMD, so you can count this as fact. <laughs> but I know that without the gallbladder, there are side effects when you eat certain foods. Now, I have my gallbladder, so I'm not telling you this from experience, but talking with other people. And of course, using the internet, which is always right. Now, these parts of the human body that 
apparently don't have to be in the body in order to survive, still have side effects when they're gone. In the same way, if we as a church prioritize certain gifts or certain people at the expense of the body of Christ, the church will also have side effects. It will not be as healthy as it should be. It will not be the church that can reach out in this community and into the world the way that it should. Every gift, every individual in this room matters to God and matters to the church of Jesus Christ. So, what is Paul really trying to get us to understand here? He's wanting us to know that every gift, every person sitting in this room matters to First Baptist New Orleans. Matters to us growing into the head who is Christ. So maybe you're here today and you're still not sure what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. Maybe Paul's arguments and my teaching of Paul's arguments didn't convince you. Next Sunday, we're going to have a new member class. And I would invite anybody who is contemplating joining this church or who has recently joined this church within the last three to six months to go to this class. We're going to provide lunch. It's going to be after small group. And we're going to talk about what it means to be a part of the body of Christ here at First Baptist New Orleans. You can learn about what it means to serve. You can learn about what it means to have a gift so that you can then serve the body of Christ here at First Baptist New Orleans. Leave today knowing that if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, God has equipped you with a gift that should be used for His glory. None of us should sit on the sidelines and allow other people in the church to do the work that we know God has for you to do. The Spirit of God within all of us has equipped all of us to serve and take care of one another in this body. Paul tells us when one person suffers, the entire body suffers. When one person rejoices, the entire body rejoices. How do we know this? Because in verse 27, Paul himself says, Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. We weep together. We mourn together. We rejoice together. We serve together. We love together because that's what the body of Christ is designed to do. Let's be obedient to what God tells us to do in His Word. If you would, pray with me. God, I am so thankful for the body of Christ. For brothers and sisters in this room who are using their giftedness to serve, to encourage, to teach, to be hospitable, to show mercy. God, we as a church function at a high level when we are utilizing the gifts in the way that you have designed them to be used. God, I pray for those in this room that are not sure about what their gift is. They didn't know they even had a gift. I pray that your spirit would show them. I pray that we as a body would help them use those gifts to serve your kingdom.
God, we love you. I am so thankful for this congregation and the way you are using us to make a difference in this community. Continue to use our church. Continue to help us to be obedient in using the gifts that you have given us. And we ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen.